Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the PHNX Sun Show brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings, use that promo code PHNX, bet $1 on any any NFL game, and get $150 in free bets instantly. I'm your host, Greg Esposito. Ahoy, hoy, and joined, as always, by the Emmy Award-winning Lindsay Smith. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, I've never asked you, where did ahoy, hoy come from? It is a Simpsons reference. Oh, uh, Mr. Burns, uh, you said it in one episode where he finally answered a phone for himself. And I, I was never it. allowed to also, watch The Simpsons growing and, and up. And the guy who did NBA Jam also says it as well. Oh, okay. Well, no, no, he said that for us just, uh, just as a. It's on the game. Thing. Ahoy, hoy is on the game. Yeah. What? No way. Oh, oh now, now I'm calling bull. We're gonna check it out. We're going to have to go play some NBA Jam <laughs> yep. this afternoon. The PHNX, NBA Jam is what's about to happen. <laughs> the PHNX offices do have an NBA Jam arcade. Uh, that voice, that sweet, silky voice, it's it's caramelicious. It's, I'm uh, back. <laughs> and damn it, only psychos and six-year-olds eat a hot dog with ketchup only, just so we know. <laughs> well, oh, they called out already, huh? Yes, <laughs> yes. So Bookman, everybody. <laughs> Gerald, I can't help it. There's nobody else to introduce. He's Gerald no. Bourget. I am the six-year-old who puts ketchup <laughs> on his hot dogs. <laughs> It could be worse. Hey, you could you could call your your donuts uh, balls, and then we could have a whole. I'd rather you be six year olds than find bodies in your basement. So that's fair. That was a bad thing. He's not wrong. I'm I'm side eyeing anybody that's eating ketchup hot dogs now with with what Saul is insinuating. At least at least he didn't say he he eats his hot dog like starts off in the middle of it. Oh my god! Oh. I cut the middle out and then I move <laughs> all the way to the ends. This is a perfect start to the sadomasochistic version of the show we're doing today. Because yes, yeah. we definitely hey. like to torture ourselves. <laughs> we're going to do a whole special edition of of the show today. A what if version? Uh, and Gerald, I believe you have something prepared for us. I do. Time, space, reality. It's more than a linear path. It's a prism of endless possibility where a single choice can branch out into infinite realities, creating alternate worlds from the ones you know. I am the sun's watcher. I am your guide through these vast new realities. Follow me and ponder the question, what if? That is right. <laughs> I think that's almost as weird as our slow jamming the, the ad read. Say, you guys both nailed it. Watch the Marvel intro and tell me I'm not spot on. Oh, you are spot on. <laughs> You're, that's the crazy part. You are spot on with the Marvel intro. If you haven't seen it uh, on Disney Plus, Marvel does a what if and the whole series premises. What if one event was different within the Marvel universe and how would that have impacted everything else that subsequently happened thereafter. So we're going to do that. Do you guys ever, what if your lives, like what no. if I would have done X, Y, or Z? Yes. I go about back about four weeks ago and I go, what if I hadn't <laughs> taken this job? So I was in Vegas. No, no BS. I am not making this up. I was in Vegas. I, I was a little inebriated Obviously. and it was, I was at club Tau, and LeBron was there. Oh. And LeBron was in the the little booth on the floor right next to me, 
I was by myself because all my guys had, had left me alone in the in the booth. And he asked if I wanted to come over. And I said no, because I was so drunk at that point that I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I, I didn't even feel like I could, I could stand up at that point. You could be like Rich Paul's and, guy right yeah, now. That was and then I saw move. them leave. And to this day, I'm like, oh, my God, what if? Yeah. That's Worst decision one. ever. Ever. That is pretty spectacularly it's, bad. It's that, awful. That one is it's really who bad. said who who won the greatest player in the NBA at that time? I assume I don't know how long ago. Well, this, this was, was this was literally like a week after the announcement. This is peak <laughs> LeBron, and you go, it "Nah, is, dog." I was I'm like, good. "Dude, I win titles for me to hang out with you." Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "Nah, dog, I'm good. It was I'm going to sit here by myself because my boys left me." Well, you could have been on the banana boat. I could have been, <laughs> especially because LeBron James isn't known as like an inviting kind of no, person. Not even a little bit. Right. He had so like four bodyguards and like. And he had four bodyguards and one other player that was like a fringe player. I can't even remember at this time, obviously. And then, uh, yeah, there was a lot of people paying attention. Uh, that is. Damn. We could have partied with LeBron and Mario Chalmers. That's it, like it, Ildrunas wow. Ilgaskis. That was the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the random guy. Just a seven foot uh, Middle Eastern or uh, Eastern. It's probably uh, Iman Shumpert. Guy. And I was like, no, nah, dude, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not hanging out with Iman Shumpert. Damn although, Shumpert. although he's be a, a pretty good dancer. Yeah. On Dancing Dance with stars. So. Yeah. I I don't think we're going to top that. We could just wrap it up right now. <laughs> Saul's life would be much different if he had gone and hung out with LeBron James. I like to think it wasn't, so let's just move on. I was going to say, it, every therapist out there would probably say, please do not what if your life, because probably. all that's <laughs> yeah. going to do is cause you more internal yeah. harm. Hold, hold on. No, that the business model for therapists is, if we ask what if, they make more money. So they probably would be like, we're all right with it. It's going to keep us employed. If your therapist is just trying to make money off of you, you definitely need a new I, one. I, I, apologies <laughs> to my therapist. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying as a business marketing person, I go, hey, what ifs aren't that bad of a thing for the business, right? So let's do some internal damage to ourselves here. Let's We're going to each throw out uh, one of the what ifs in Sun's history and give what we think our take would be as to what would have happened. We'll have a discussion about it. Gerald, since you are kind of the creator of this, both on gophnx.com and for this podcast, I'm going to give you the floor first. Yeah, so the first article that I wrote in this series that we're going to be doing every week was, you know, recency bias, obviously, but I wanted to take a look at that pass that Devin Booker threw to DeAndre Ayton, the alley-oop in game four of the finals. And... It was a pass that Giannis blocked. He blocked the alley-oop, and it was one of the greatest defensive plays we've ever seen in NBA Finals history. And I will, full disclaimer, it was more about what Giannis did on that play than anything wrong that Devin Booker did. You know, we're not here to nitpick. We're not here to blame Booker for that loss or for that pass. But you look at that pass, and it sails over the rim just a smidge to the left to where DeAndre Ayton has to go a little bit further out of his way to get that ball and throw it down. And it's not a bad pass. It's a really fucking difficult pass, like off the dribble with one hand. We've seen him make it so many times. And 99 out of 100 times, that pass is going to be finished by DA for an alley-oop. So it's no one's fault here. But I did wonder, like watching that play over and over again, Giannis is the only guy that can get to that pass. What if it's a little closer to the rim to DA and he's able to flush that pass and the Suns tie the game with like a minute left in game four on the road and it silences the Bucks crowd because that was a gorgeous pass. Like it gets lost in what Giannis did, 
that was a fantastic pass. The Suns bench would have been fired up. The Bucks crowd would have been like, shit, this team will not go away, even though we have home court advantage, even though we've taken the lead here in the fourth. That would have been a potential swing point in the entire series. Suns didn't need to have game four, but they wanted to have it. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. So I, I feel like with that pass, it, it's one that you look back and if that had just been a little bit more on target and DA finishes that pass, there's still a minute left in that game. There's no guarantee the Suns win. But I really do. That's a moment where the Bucks are like, shit, they're not going away. Like they will not quit. And then you fast forward to game five when the Suns jump out to, you know, a, a 15 point lead in the first, first quarter. I don't see the Bucks rallying the way that they did in a tied series. If they're down 3 1 on the road, they're down big early. I feel like maybe the Suns win a championship if that pass is just a little, little bit more on target or, or thrown, thrown a half a second earlier. Also a good point. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't know. I feel like that's a really, really big reach. <laughs> it I, is. I just do. Cause so, every, so was every, <laughs> everything about that play was perfect. The pass was perfect. DA, the, the height of the ball right is right where you want it to be. That it was a perfect pass. It was. I don't like, think it's perfect. maybe it's a little bit. I mean, I, we're we're getting into inches now. Like, okay, right. cool. But I think it's more that Giannis made one of the best plays in NBA history in blocking that. And I don't know if you move that ball a little bit to the right or left a couple inches if that really matters. I think he still blocks that shot um, because it was just an unbelievable play. So I I don't feel as like dejected about that play because of the performance that it took by Giannis to get to that level as opposed to like, you know, maybe a, a technical error on either Booker or DeAndre Ayton's part. I still feel like he th- if he throws it a half a second earlier, mm. which he had the, he had the chance. If, if you watch it, there's, there's an opening that he could have thrown it a, a little bit earlier. That might've made the difference because Giannis wouldn't have had as much time to react because I think he kind of sensed where book was going to go. Mm. That one extra dribble. Yep. That yeah. that I think is is the what if that makes me wonder. But I'm just gonna say this: having been uh, somebody that's watched Suns basketball for uh, what amounts to three decades at, the, oh, at this point, I don't. Are know, you rewatching? Guys. I'm this rewatching right it right now because I'm a, I'm a glutton for punishment, <laughs> and I'm looking at and he comes off a screen, just barely gets past gets past PJ in an, in an effort to be able to even throw that ball because he's on his hip. Then he finally gets him on the backside of his hip. Then he's able to throw it. I just feel like we're really, really nitpicking, and we're playing the what if uh, a little, a little, a that's, little too much. That's right the now. game. I was gonna that's say the that's the name of the game, and I do like the picture that Gerald painted. If that had happened. Yeah, it's a nice picture. It was a very nice picture. I would have loved to have had that. I also, it's definitely reaching. I also think it's more about Da not really getting his legs under him as much as that it'd have to like side scoot. Yeah. It was a little awkward of a, of a leap as opposed to, um, yeah, I just, I don't think that's on Booker whatsoever. I don't think it's the pass at all. Look, I resent the fact that we just blame Booker for, (laughs) I'm not blaming him for anything. Like I said, that's a, that's a great pass. And there's only one, maybe two guys in the NBA that could get to that block Giannis and Anthony Davis. And those are the only two that I think could get up there and stop that. I think it's more like, what if, what if they made the dunk as opposed to what if the pass would have been a little bit better? That's fair. Look, Anthony Davis may be the other guy, but he would have injured himself in midair and yeah, never, he never completed the block. <laughs> yeah, he would have torn look, his groin. Having been a Suns fan for over th- three decades and watched basketball in this town, 
what would have happened in this what if situation is they would have tied it and it would have lost in heartbreaking fashion in Milwaukee anyways. Oh my God. Hey. Espo is what? just I don't want to hear it. Espo tell me just any, be positive for once in tell, your life. Put a little relish on your hot dog. Tell me, tell me any moment Good that God. you watch in, in in a final series like that that makes you think differently. Like that it was a different vibe. That team fought from beginning to end, and it wasn't like know. one fluke play beat them. It was they just fell apart because they were just gassed, and the, Chris Paul was injured, and and they were triple team and book, and nobody else was really stepping up. It was more than just oh that was just bad luck. No, game five wasn't bad luck. Those motherfuckers in Milwaukee shot the lights out in the second third quarter. Yeah. It was over. I get it. And the Suns almost still won. The Suns would have tied it with a minute left. They're in Milwaukee. You're playing a team that had regained some of its confidence by hanging in there in, in this game. Like, I just, it's not the kind of what if where if this happened with 10 seconds to go in the game, mm -hmm. or if we're talking the value oop where if a block like this had happened on that, and obviously that's a game deciding play. Mm -hmm. I just feel like there's too many factors that would have been still left open at, at that point for the Suns to still lose. To me, this is a is like a tier two or three mm -hmm. what if and not a tier one. Oh, because, definitely. Because at that, that one level is if this happens, the game definitely swings in a different way. And there's a lot of factors that would have had to go into it. Would they would the Suns have had momentum at that point? Hell yes. Yes. That would have been uh, that would have been momentum shifting, but there's still a lot of factors that it would have had to go in in that final minute for them to win that game and dramatically change the series. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a nitpicky what if for sure. And the reason I chose this one to start the series off was because A, it was most recent. And B, I feel like there are a lot of Suns fans that are still traumatized by that play. So oh, I just wanted to bring it up. Yeah. So, I, no, so I wanted to paint a picture where... I ease your traumatization a little bit. <laughs> Take or, away some of your PTSD by here's what... Because that's the whole point of the Marvel show is like, what if in this alternate universe this had happened? So we're just we're fantasizing here a little bit. Gerald's like, I want to ease your pain or twist the knife more. <laughs> it is a very, very thin line between the two. But I mean that's it's what this whole thing is. And you could you could do this in game five too. Like, what if Book had pulled up on that one mid-range shot that he had near oh. the end when PJ Tucker was playing God, off what of just doing a little? to me today? Man. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Jesus, what Christ. if Chris I Paul actually, doesn't fall down? I actually there was a part of me that completely forgot about that yeah. until just now. Sorry. And now I'm reliving that play. <laughs> I'm going to go look it up right now. Just you want to so go buy know. some hot dogs? I'll put the ketchup on. <laughs> oh, my God. You're a psycho. He, Gerald, uh, do you have a basement? I don't. No. We have to make sure not, you guys. Not that he's telling he's, you he about. Says, he says he doesn't have a basement. <laughs> what about a storage locker? <laughs> I'm just glad he didn't offer to get the relish for your hot dog. We would have had other conversations as well. So, I, Lindsay, do you see do you see this happening in any other, other way? Like, do you feel if that dunk happens, that, that it shifts the tide of the entire series? I think it could. If we're talking about my alternate universe, in my head, yes, <laughs> it does. Like, Because that's the name of this game, right? Like you're imagining an alternate universe where something happened. I mean, if you, if you go look at that highlight, look at the face on Giannis. Look at that face. Yeah. That would be DeAndre's face. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine the like energy that would be pump into that team in that sure. moment it would probably yeah. lock them in even more get them way more laser focused and they wouldn't be like shit 
what just happened. And that just probably drained everything out of them when that happened. Uh, yeah, but uh, they come back home, though. And that's this is the thing. They, they still come back home, and they were in desperation mode because they knew they didn't want to go down 3-2 and go back to Milwaukee. Just like Milwaukee knew they didn't want to go down 3-1 and come to Phoenix. And game five, to me, was, was a toss-up. Like, anybody could have won that game. The Suns easily could have won that game in the end. And both teams were hot as hell at certain points in that game. It was a fun game to watch. Probably one of the funnest NBA games you could ever want to watch. Mm. Um, and especially considering what Book did down the stretch. It was just incredible. Mm. And so, it, like, with the with everything on the line in Game 5, if the Suns don't win that, that game, you're still feeling like, okay, well, it's not meant to be. It's just not meant to be. And so they both had different things. The Suns should have won Game Five. They should have won Game Five. They should have handled business in Game Five. Mm. And I, I, nothing's going to tell me that now because they won Game Four, they sure certainly would have won Game Five and won the series in four-one. Because now you're playing with the pressure of having to win the championship, but you don't really have to win Game Five. You can win it in Game Seven. So it's possible. And that's what I'm saying is like if they had come out, if they're up three-one in the series, and they do come out the way that they did in Game Five maybe Milwaukee's daunted. Maybe they accept defeat quicker and they don't bounce back the way they did. Maybe they're more desperate. We don't know. But that's the whole fun of the exercise. Okay. And I, I feel like <laughs> the important thing from game four is if DeAndre finishes that alley-oop and it's tied up and there's like a minute left, like after that block, the Bucks came down and Middleton missed two shots. So it's not like the Bucks like immediately capitalized on the momentum of that block. If anything, it was the Suns being rattled because then Chris Paul turned the ball over on the next possession, oh, and that's man. when Middleton got his layup. So we're just gonna relive all the bad parts. <laughs> Can we take a step back to that photo that Lindsay showed us? That that face, like <laughs> that doesn't strike like everybody's like, oh, it's so intense. It looks like my four-year-old when she's constipated. It does oh. not look like super intense <laughs> to me. Giannis coming out. I'm not out even there. trying to hear this right now. I'm just <laughs> so um, Saul, Saul's the one that's going, we've gone too yeah, far on no, this. No, I'm you've, about to make that face right now. Just, you've offended uh, my sensibilities. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we can move on. We can move on because we've covered this one pretty in depth. Let's let's go to you, Saul. What is your big son's what if and i i feel like this one is a you know the biggest one of them all probably. oh yeah it's it's the easiest one so i took the layup on this one for sure <laughs> or the sky well, hopefully Giannis oh, isn't coming out of it's the coin toss 69 um if the suns win that coin toss the entire franchise changes mm -hmm. it just does they go to the finals uh, several years later but they would have kareem on their team to face those vaunted boston celtics and I just I think the Suns win multiple championships with Kareem because they know they have to get past the Lakers in the West and the in the and the Celtics in the East. And um, I just I don't know. I, that's that's my biggest takeaway is that Kareem could have been a son and it would have been glorious. Well, and with Colangelo in the fold, too, I just. I just feel like he would have found a way to 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 win multiple championships with Kareem. Imagine the other aspects. It wouldn't have just been Suns. Milwaukee winds up with pick two. They they probably take Neil Walk. Who knows if that franchise is still in Milwaukee at, at this point because they don't have early success, which kind of rooted them in the community. I would venture to say that Kareem never forces his way to the Lakers because. He wanted to be closer to the West Coast, which oh, he yeah. said 
Phoenix was a city he would have wanted to absolutely to be in. So the Lakers never get Kareem. Does it change? He would have been hanging out right behind us at the Playboy Club. Just gonna say, like, how fun would it be though (laughs) to have him still around your franchise and coming through? Like that would be so fun. Like I, it may have dynamically changed this. I'll say this: in this what if scenario, the Suns could be the Lakers. Yeah, they could have swapped the few the. Uh, the the fortunes of both of those franchises because if Kareem never goes to LA, you may never get Showtime, uh, you know, which may never bleed into years later Kobe and Shaq. Like you, it dramatically could have shifted uh, those fortunes. The Suns could be the ones with multiple championships, a, a dynasty in the NBA that you hold up against, uh, you know, uh, against the Celtics uh, as their kind of West Coast foil. And the Lakers could be the ones that have always been the bridesmaids, never the brides. Yep. That's the craziest part is, is not just how much would it have impacted Phoenix, but how much would it have impacted the entire NBA if Kareem winds up here? If Two things about that coin toss. One, fans voted through the Arizona Republic, so fans chose what what they were going to call on mm-hmm. the coin toss mm. which means anybody wants to look at themselves they got to look at everyone at, at the older blame. the older <laughs> version of ourselves they're, even, they're like yeah. not even phoenicians anymore they're like out in sun city <laughs> <laughs> if if that uh and then uh and then the other thing is the commissioner when he flipped the coin when it landed he actually did one of those where he kind of caught it and flipped it again with his hand to put it down if he if he just does a regular coin toss, the Suns win that. There's all sorts of little <laughs> intricacies to this what if that are are are, are just so they they just grind your gears. You Do you know? think they talked about that? Like that was a thing, like he was gonna catch it and flip it. Like you know, in rock, paper, scissors, it's either rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Or rock, paper, scissors, and that's when you... So it's either like one, two, three, shoot, <laughs> right. or one, two, three. Exactly. No, but Do you think they talked about it before? Or was that like a commissioner's decision, like game time decision? Uh, have you ever talked about that before when you're playing rock, paper, scissors? You Absolutely, just, no, every yeah. time. Oh, see, Absolutely, usually, yeah. the way it usually starts is, for me, nobody talks about that. Then somebody gets mad when it's done the wrong way, <laughs> and I feel like that was this... this situation well, that's is, why it has to yeah. be determined ahead of time well and and the weird thing is both of the team owners were on the phone they weren't even and the commissioner was in new york so <laughs> you like like uh, that's a whole yeah, hell Mil- of a lot milwaukee of trust. one guys milwaukee yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. oh man yeah, that sure, was there a was, crazy coin toss guys <laughs> there was definitely a coin yep, yep, boy, yeah, like <laughs> maybe that's why nobody can find a coin yeah. he was yeah. like I'm, I'm i'm flipping it right now yep <laughs> <laughs> uh milwaukee <laughs> uh tails <laughs> uh that's rough and it's 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 hard to think about because you look at Kareem. He won a title like his third season in the NBA. So you look at like what the Suns roster would have been that year. They would have had like Connie Hawkins, um, like Paul Silas, Dick Van Arsdale, Kareem. Like that would have been a damn good team. And then the, when they did go to the finals without Kareem in 76, like Kareem left for the Lakers in 75. But like you're saying, if he sticks with the Suns, imagine that 76 team or something that looks like it with Kareem in tow against the Celtics, that would have been a totally different series. But do you think he would have actually stayed with the Suns? Because wasn't he pretty adamant about wanting to play in a big market? He had said... He loves Arizona. I don't have the the exact quote, but he has said, and granted, this is with years of, of, you know, being able to think about it, not in the moment, but he said that he would have 
stayed in Phoenix. It wouldn't have been like wanting to get out of Milwaukee. So, right, they I, finished I last in their division. Milwaukee did the season before he left. So when the Lakers traded for him, he was probably pretty happy. I don't if unless the Suns are like god awful somehow with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I don't think he's getting traded away yeah. or wanting to get traded. Well, and I doubt like the key to that 76 75 76 for him was Alvin Adams mm-hmm. at center who came in. Right. He was a rookie, but he very much was a driving force. Kareem obviously a better center than Alvin. That's no disrespect to Alvin. Right. So you got to wonder, yeah, what would that have been like and and how would this all have played out and to Saul's point you know Jerry Colangelo would put guys around around him to try to win I mean he put he he worked magic with much less talented people and rosters so yeah it's uh that one that that one is so tough I one time while I was working for the team I was sitting in the Al McCoy Media Center and behind me I realized Kareem sits down right and then about five minutes later Jerry sits right next to him and I'm sitting there eating going the biggest moment in son's history. The two biggest players, two <laughs> of the biggest players in it are sitting literally inches from me. And I don't even like walking. What if yeah, yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, man, this could be very different if he had been a son. Uh, this would be a very different moment right now, but yeah, it's uh that one gets me that, that, that one. And, and one I will bring up later get to me but you know what is a good what if to have what's that what if you can make some money on DraftKings, <laughs> right that sweet sweet DraftKings sportsbook app america's number one sportsbook app right now if you put one dollar down you're gonna get 150 instantly when you sign up using the code phnx you can use that on anything you can bet futures like we've talked about nba stuff you can bet other football games whatever you want if it's in the in the DraftKings sportsbook app you can use that free $150 that you get instantly to bet on it. And one of the cool things you can do, same game parlays that allow you to combine multiple bets for a bigger payout, which is always nice. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's tough to to hit big on one game without taking a major risk. But when you can do parlays of multiple things and, and make those odds go up, uh, it, it's a lot of fun. And you can do those same game parlays on any NFL game, and you're going to get credited up to $25 even if you lose your bet, right? So if you lose your bet, you're going to get credited up to $25 for it. So basically, they're giving you some more free money to just go lay down a same-game parlay. So to get that 150 again, that's code PHNX when you sign up. Bet $1 down on – or bet $1 on any football game this weekend. 21 and over, Arizona-only gambling problem called 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And wherever you are listening to us right now, we want to say thank you. And please hit that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode of the PHNX Suns podcast. And uh, we want to remind you that this week, if you are a member or if you become a member, The deal of the week is 20% off all Cardinals merch in our locker right now. And we've got some really cool Cardinals t-shirts available in there. So if you want to become a member, head on over to gophnx.com. If you are already a member, be sure to take advantage of that 20% off all Cardinals merch in our locker right now. And of course, thank you all for following along and listening. We appreciate you. 
Espo, do you want to go first or do you want me to go? I first? think you should go first because I think mine is, <laughs> is appropriate <laughs> for the very end here. So, uh, okay. I good have luck. Some, <laughs> <laughs> I have some disclaimers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 21 Arizona and over, only. Arizona only. Gambling problem. <laughs> Gambling problem. <laughs> I, I might have a problem, but hear me out, okay? Mm-hmm. I told you at the beginning that I know like every therapist would tell you not to what if your life and that this is not healthy. And I, um, you, Saul, you literally said you're hurting my feelings right now, right? With the first one. <laughs> So I'm going to try and spin this one in our favor. (laughs) And please understand. um, I just want you to know that I know what you're about to say, and I'm fully on board with (laughs) what you're about to say. If this happens to make it outside of Sun's Twitter, please don't come for me, okay? Just leave me alone. (laughs) The mental gymnastics just to get to this one. I give you The Russian judge is giving you a 10 on some of these gymnastics. Oh, my God. Okay, so mine is, what if the Suns had drafted Luka Doncic instead of DeAndre in? But I am in favor of us drafting DeAndre sure. and I'm going to show us the things that we might be missing out on if we did take Luca instead of DA. So, so your what if is what if exactly what happened happened? Yes. But what would we miss out on? <laughs> okay. okay. It's it's so, more so, what so if so it's more like what if we took Luka Doncic? Here's what how would, it would be worse. This is how it would be. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. so this is a it's a wonderful life kind of version of the what if. You're showing us <laughs> this is how bad is, yes. things would have been. Let her say the <laughs> damn what if. <laughs> okay. So I'm just gonna throw a bunch of things out there, right? Would we have Monty Williams as our head coach? No. no. Okay. Um, would we have made it to the finals this last season? No. Would we have had the Valley Oop game? Well, no. obviously. Well, because we wouldn't have made the playoffs. Okay, well, and I'm, you wouldn't I'm have throwing had the kitchen sink at everything. <laughs> well, okay? well, we wouldn't have made the playoffs with Devin Booker and Luka, Luka Doncic. Doncic. Come on now. No, no, we wouldn't have. You don't think we would have made the playoffs? Absolutely not. Because it would only be Luka Doncic and Devin Booker yep. and nobody else. Uh, I would go a step further. I don't think you have Devin Booker if you draft yes. Luka Doncic. Well, that's what I'm saying. I that's another thing, too, right? Like, he wouldn't have signed the contract extension. I disagree strongly with that idea. Who would be our center? Maybe Clint Capella? Clint Capella was the guy that they would have targeted. But it wasn't a guarantee. Wasn't a guarantee because he was a restricted free agent and the Rockets could match. They did sign him for far below what most people thought he was going to get. Got five years and 90 million. The really? Suns would have gone after Capella probably. Had motherfucking Anderson Varejao in this bitch. Anderson <laughs> Varejao. What are they, the Lakers? They're they're getting guys that have no no ability to play anymore. This man just pulling names out of that's it. it. I was just out I, of the I early two thousand. I hate the fact that. No, never mind. Go ahead. I'm a Luca hater, so go ahead. You could make the argument that we wouldn't have had Valley Boys, because mm-hmm. yes, that technically came from Kelly, but it's started in a conversation on a plane between Kelly and DeAndre. Mm-hmm. Just spit okay. Is that necessarily mm-hmm. a bad thing? I like Valley Boys. But then, then you <laughs> You're wearing also... a shirt that says the <laughs> Valley But they Hold on. We we need to stop this misconception. The Valley was in the queue long before anybody had but, any conversation on a plane. Yes, but the, or stylized, the stylization yes. of it didn't come into play until recently. And nobody been, nobody like repped the Valley on know, T-shirts and stuff until you, recently. But mm-hmm. you know why the 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 one of the mid-tier college conferences owned the copyright on the Valley and the Suns have been trying to get it since I worked there to, to use it. So if okay, they'd gotten not... it, then it wouldn't be cool, but that's because of the play on the court. I mean, so nobody's pushing for it unless 
unless Kelly Oubre, okay. DeAndre, and Devin Booker make it look cool. I'm not saying that the Valley yeah. wouldn't have existed. Okay. Would it be as captivating <laughs> no. if the Valley Boys didn't no. exist? Would no. we love it as much as we do had it not been for DeAndre and Kelly nope. being like, we are valley boys and girls like we have a they repped it they did they made it they, they, they made, made it cool th- yes okay. they made it cool to rep the valley for yes. sure. okay. but i still think if you don't have that finals run nobody gives a crap about the valley like if they if they finish five games below 500 last year nobody gives a shit about the valley stuff. the jerseys pop i was it gonna does, say the jerseys the fashion, were on back order like they, they would, won they i would, would. Re- let me hear here's your point right would you rep a vancouver grizzlies jersey from back in the day the black one because it looks cool. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But the the thing is, this became a huge thing because they were successful in this town. No, yes, Valley no, Boys. Yes, they had a below five hundred record, and people still love the Valley Boys. There was a there there was hardcore fans, not not the general people would be. No, wearing I disagree it. with oh, that. God, one, I absolutely well, disagree with that. Walk out. Oh my God, I'm about to get <laughs> up and leave. One I did year, it, guys, I the did jersey it. was supposed to be a one year thing. But, but even before the, the jersey. People were like Valley Boys. Like, okay, that's fair. I just, I wasn't rocking the clip art, uh, you know. Because uh, you don't rock that shit anyway, I don't Espo. I that stuff. I'm cool. My favorite is this I'm is cool. the least contentious part of Lindsay's what if, and this is the part that broke the group. <laughs> <laughs> we all agree. We want a DA. So we got to argue about well, something. Okay, so here's, okay, continue. keep going. Here, keep going. I mean, that's, that's the gist okay. of it. I mean, the other small factors in there is like you could maybe say, would we have Cam Johnson? I mean, technically he did go higher in the draft than he was. Supposed to or projected to, but maybe we don't have Cam Johnson. Here's one. You might not have James Jones because that's true. You you may not fire Ryan McDonough uh, in that situation if you draft Luca. Uh, I mean, Mc, McDonough didn't even make it to the season for the yeah, DA's first season. But there was all sorts of of things. Maybe maybe they draft Luca and it's not that kind of stuff because they go, wow, this kid's got uh, amazing upside that Ugh. looks like a star potential. Maybe, right away, maybe we I still mean, have Igor Kokoshkov. No, you would. Yeah. That's not a maybe. You yeah, probably would have Igor like, We would miss out on Monty. He, he was Luca. Right. He was Luca's coach. Yeah. In right. in the in the Euro ball or Euro. Right. Coaches so the here's the thing. I'm I'm not making the argument that DeAndre Ayton is a better individual player than Luka Doncic. I am right. just making the argument that shit did not hit the fan because yeah. we drafted DeAndre Ayton. We have had a really successful. At least one season, the bubble was great too mm-hmm. with DeAndre Ayton on this Suns team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I stand by that that draft will go down like the 1984 draft, right? Correct. That that the Suns and and the Mavs, you're not going to argue between between those two. The team that's going to look bad is the Kings, the one that was sitting at two that didn't get either of those guys, mm-hmm. much like. In 1984, where it was Akeem, Jordan goes three, and the Blazers are left holding the bag with with Bowie or Bowie, Sam Bowie, Sam Bowie mm-hmm. at at number two. And that's a if you're playing what if, that's a huge NBA what if is what if the Blazers got their heads out of their ass and had taken Michael Jordan <laughs> at two. It's Houston Rockets fans aren't the ones that that complain in that situation. It's Blazers fans that do. Well, and I brought some other. Um, 
support, I guess you could yeah. say, from people on Twitter. So mm. let me redo some of these tweets. Because I had to bring it all because I was some... nervous that everyone would think I was crazy, okay? I think that's also something your therapist wouldn't suggest is <laughs> getting support from Twitter. Well, you know. So this one says, if DeAndre Ayton wins a championship before Luka Doncic, the Suns will never have to say sorry. A lot like how Houston didn't have to apologize for drafting Hakeem over Jordan. Mm. Okay, so there was a couple other ones that says, in, there was a Twitter poll that put up, did the Phoenix Suns do the right thing drafting DeAndre over Luca? And this person said, I voted yes because Aiton is the best young center in the NBA. When you draft a great young player, it's difficult to criticize and say they should have drafted a better great player. It's like the Rockets drafting Hakeem over MJ. You can't kill the Rockets for that. And then another person said he's a perfect fit for their system. So at least I'm not on a total island over here. And I no, appreciate you that you were. guys are also no. um, with me on this one, too. My whole theory on this or my thought process on this was what ifs are inherently sad, mm-hmm. right? For the most part, I wanted to try and spin this into a positive or at least try and take a different route and show that, you know, yeah, we could have drafted Luca and things could be different. But I'm not angry at where we are currently. Like. It might have been a stretch for me to say they would never make the playoffs. Okay. <laughs> it's a huge I, I, I acknowledge this right now. But what I will say is, is that Luka Doncic has had more talent than than the Suns have had on their roster up until this past season. Okay, mm-hmm. and with that, he's performed phenomenally. Mm-hmm. Now, as we move forward, when you get the, when the stakes are a little higher, and maybe you do have one or two key pieces that are just as good as you or you know, maybe a, a notch below, what is he going to do? He had Kristaps Porzingis, who has been wildly, in, you know, um, what do you call it? Inconsistent. Inconsistent, yeah. I was trying to find the word. <laughs> uh, wildly inconsistent, sure. But he's still a good player. And those two have beef for whatever reason mm-hmm. and can't seem to get along. And I remember seeing a breakdown of, of basically Luka Doncic highlights where he absolutely leaves Kristaps on an island <laughs> by himself, play after play after play. And you then you wonder why a guy like Kristaps is inconsistent. It's because he never knows when he's going to get the ball with Luca because Luca is the star of that team and it's all about Luca and he knows it. And so I don't know if we rep that and completely just throw Devin Booker away. And I don't know if the Valley would like that. I don't know if they would have repped that. So people can talk all day they want about Devin Booker and Luca would have been unstoppable. Sure. But they probably also would have butted heads because Devin would have been like, this is my team, dog, not yours. Yes. And See, you I just never know. You, you do never know. But I will say in regards to that, I feel like people wondered if that might happen with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And because they're so competitive, they got along great. And it's obviously different person to person. But Paul I feel is, like winning cures all ills. But Chris like, Paul's also been around a lot of other head cases. And he's a veteran. He's, been, he's, he's older. He's like 40 or but almost 40. I, I wouldn't say Doncic is a head case, though. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. But his game isn't predicated on distribution. Chris Paul's is predicated on getting his teammates involved. I would uh, say Luca. I mean, Luca averaged like eight assists a game. He's not like a bad facilitator. It's not inflated. He didn't. We he doesn't have as much talent around him as the Suns did last year, but I'm, I will say, I agree. I think obviously none of us are going to argue that Aiton is a better individual player than Doncic. But what we're arguing here is, it worked out for the best. We're hoping that this is like the 1984 draft where you look back and you don't ever fault the Rockets for taking Hakeem, even though a better player went two spots later. Because guess what? You won titles with that player. He was outstanding. He's one of the greatest players of all time. 
you're hoping something similar unfolds with DA and Luca, even if Luca winds up being the better I player. I think at this point we could all agree that the Suns didn't miss by taking DA. Correct. Like like the Kings missed by taking Marvin Bagley. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can agree in this room, but there were some people as late as this past January oh, yeah. that mm-hmm. would have argued. There were people saying for, for DA's first two, three seasons that Jaron Jackson was a better player than DA. And I mm-hmm. swear if I see people like that in person, <laughs> I will slap the shit out of them. Well, I'll be honest. <laughs> when I was looking for tweets to help support my argument here, there were tweets from last month of people who are tweeting out like your daily reminder, the Phoenix sun selected DO DA over Luca. And I'm like, right. okay. And that was after right. we should, we should definitely be past that point. Done. Right. You yeah. would think that at this point we would just be like, okay, it is what it is. But Luca does have a fan base that is die hard to say the least. And mm-hmm. that's fine. Like yeah. that's great for him. There was so. other, there's four other franchises that passed up on Luca. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that kills me. Is One like, who actually drafted him and traded. Yeah, him. but but at yeah. least for them, they got Trey Young yeah. back, who exactly. who isn't like a a huge fall off. You know no. what I mean? He's still an he's he should have been an all star. You know what I mean? So like, like yeah. Luca can call me, and the Luca stands can call me when he has a Western Conference championship <laughs> that he was that he was instrumental in bringing to Dallas. Like because DeAndre Ayton was instrumental in mm-hmm. bringing a Western Conference championship to Phoenix. So, yeah. yeah. If he doesn't make that jump this year defensively, the Suns don't get past the first or second round. Mm-hmm. But because of DA, they were able to get as far as they did. And people need to recognize that. Well, mm-hmm. and when I was looking this up as again, all of these conversations, whether written or audio or whatever, were happening last summer, right? And their yeah. predictions for the Suns this 2021 season, had they had Luca, would be like, we'd probably make the playoffs. Maybe get bounced in the first round, maybe the second round if we get lucky. And so it's like, yeah, you would have made the playoffs maybe to the second round. But with DeAndre, you made it all the way to the finals, like you said, because he played a very significant role in that. This one isn't on our list, but it just came to mind while we were talking about this. What if the pandemic never happens and the bubble never happens? The Mm. Suns complete that season. Yeah, I, I, that. I mean, you wind up finishing that mm. season significantly under 500. You don't have the the eyes of the basketball world on you when you go on an eight and a run. I think things are dramatically different if you don't have that bubble. Around. I agree. Uh, I mean, it's hard to say because you still have James Jones and you still have Monty. And so I don't know what kind of moves they would have made in the offseason. They were 34 and 39 prior to, to COVID hitting and prior to going to the to bubble. I mean, another eight games changes that. I, I don't know, but I will say this. You were right about the bubble performance really putting this team, at least internally, on a different platform. And I think that's maybe the maybe one of the first times in several years where Robert Sarver and James Jones probably talked and said, there's something here. Like, we got something. Like, yeah. we, need, we need to pounce on this right now because they, I didn't realize – that we had this in, in our midst, and that performance was unbelievable, and we got to help Devin now. Well, and you see Cam Johnson take that jump when they go back mm-hmm. to the bubble. You see Booker hit that big dagger mm-hmm. against the Clippers, which is a moment that most NBA fans know. And I, I'm guessing, and and I believe I've read this, but I don't remember exactly where the, that, that bubble run got, caught Chris Paul's attention too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which I mean, that's a big that's a big part of this whole thing. Without Chris Paul, you're probably you're probably not winning the West last year. Without him taking notice, uh, the bubble is it, the whole as crazy as 
everything we've gone through, what that actually helped the Suns accomplish is is, is insane to me. I don't think and, they're where they're at. And it's not just Chris Paul either, because you know they were 13 games under 500 when they went into the bubble, and then Jay Crowder said he got offers from like 13 teams in free agency. And what convinced him to come to Phoenix was Book and and Chris Paul calling him up. So you what don't have their, a guy like Crowder either. What yeah. was their record when they went to the bubble? Uh, so they were twenty six and thirty nine. They finished oh, thirty six and thirty nine. Yeah, I thought yeah. they were thirty four and thirty nine. No, that's yeah. where they finished up after the bubble. Gotcha. gotcha, well, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I don't know how much of a factor this plays into it, but in talking to all the guys like during the bubble and after the bubble, they all said that the amount of growth they had like chemistry wise and caring for each other. A lot of that happened in the bubble because you didn't have any other option other than to hang out with your teammates. And I know Monty Williams took advantage of that. I mean, even just the fun things like playing spike ball and basketball in the pool and stuff like that. Like that is what brings you together as a team. It helps you learn more about each other and makes you care about each other. And I think that is such a huge thing. Is that, are you trying to say we should all go like, to Disney World, we need a company yes. retreat. Yes. Disney company retreat. <laughs> That's exactly and, what I'm and, and for. Own, two and a half and, months and do our own bubble. <laughs> yes, yeah, I feel you. I'm down with that. We need a Phoenix bubble for two two and a half months. <laughs> bubble boys, you you guys can call my wife it's, and suggest we go. It's do that. for the benefit of the team, you guys. It's important, okay? Uh, so my what if, uh, my actual what if is what if John Paxson doesn't hit that three in Game Six of the 1993 <laughs> Finals? Mm. And I won't lie, this is one I've thought of many times, <laughs> uh, crying myself to sleep on multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. Damn you, John Paxson. Uh, but if he misses that, it's it's pretty much sun's ice that game. And they head into game seven of the NBA Finals at home mm-hmm. with Charles Barkley and that whole uh, Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley, that whole crew going up against Michael Jordan. It would have been... Michael never wound up in a game seven in the finals would have been potentially the only time that happened. If, uh, if other things don't change just this series and in this basketball world Mm -hmm. in one game, I just, this is where I start in one game was the sun's talent enough to overcome Michael Jordan's talent in a deciding game. And we, we never saw him in the biggest stage in a winner-takes-all game. We saw him in other playoff series, but, man, this what-if, just that game. Mm. Don't even don't even say the Suns definitely win. You're getting a game seven with Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley mm-hmm. in it for the, for the NBA Finals with the NBA on NBC Music. Like, I think that easily goes down as, as probably one of the greatest games in basketball history if it actually happens. Oh man, <laughs> I'm not gonna win some fans over with this take. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I I, uh, <laughs> I don't care what anybody says, and as much as I would have, as much as I cried, literally cried when Paxton hit that three, and I kind of felt like it was over. Actually, I cried when KJ got a shot blocked, yeah, and then true. I was like, "This is over," and I don't even know what happened. It's like the happiest time of my life for like a month, and now it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, Ain't nobody beating Michael Jordan in game seven. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's I, just no way. I don't care what anybody – Charles Barkley could have had another 48-24 game and it still wouldn't have mattered because MJ, he just knows when to – he took over game six mm-hmm. and single-handedly brought them back by by himself and uh, I in game six to even set themselves up for a Paxton shot. 
And I just can't believe he would lose a game seven, no matter what the circumstances were. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same page as far as that. I do agree with Espo. Like, I'm, I think we're all on the same page. That would have been such a fun game to oh, yeah, watch for sure because that's peak Michael Jordan and a 62 win Suns team led by the MVP in Phoenix. Like odds stacked against MJ in that case, I think <laughs> the Bulls would have won anyway in that game seven. But it would have been thrilling to watch, and and that Paxson <laughs> shot hurts the most because. You know, Michael Jordan is just torching them the whole series. And then the fucking guy who's averaging 4.2 points per game <laughs> yeah. hits the shot. Like, <laughs> that's what I think. Devastating. Wouldn't, wouldn't you rather have gone to game seven and had Michael do uh, un, oh, yeah. ungodly things and hit that, hit a buzzer beater <laughs> to beat you and go, okay, we lost the greatest guy of all time, one of the greatest athletes to ever walk the earth. And instead, you got to go, we lost to a six foot white guy that wasn't <laughs> scoring crap in this series and happened to get an open look because of defensive rotation. Yeah. Like, I think that makes it tougher. Yeah, I probably would rather lose to MJ in a game seven for sure. Like like a like a greatest of all time buzzer beater by MJ. You go, all right, I can live with that. Yeah. Like, but to watch John Paxson beat you, <laughs> I, I think that's what bothers me the most is it John Paxson hitting that shot. Like it's, even if it had been Scotty Pippen that hit that shot, you go, all right, one of the one of the two best uh, members of the best duos in NBA history. But it's John freaking Paxson. Yeah, I mean, if it makes you feel better, he's a forty-six percent three-point shooter that year. So. No, that he makes me feel worse. <laughs> he used lights out. Like you couldn't leave him open, and they left him open, like took, wide open. He took less than one three a game. Yeah, I, it, that's, it's, that's rough. Like I, I, I lose sleep because of the shot, and not really even thinking at the time because everybody was just thinking they needed a two, mm-hmm. and that's what hurt the most. Is like, oh shit, they when they kicked it out to Paxson, you're like. Oh fuck! Yep, I didn't even calculate this as a possibility. Paxson hits a three and season's over, and you're like, "That's what hurts so much is that it was so unexpected." Jordan coming into Game Seven, I expect him to take over. I expect him to win the game, mm-hmm. like so. I would have been able to deal with that better. So I don't really lose sleep thinking about what would have happened if Paxson didn't hit that shot. But that the the thing too, if you watch the footage from in the huddle, is there were cameras recording. You hear Paul Westfall say, no threes. Whoa. That's the only thing we can't do. No threes. And then I, I, Danny Ainge blows his defensive rotation, yep. Yep. screws the whole damn thing up, and gives one of the easiest looks to win a game ever. And that is what frustrates what? me the most about it, that whole thing. I think another good what if there tangentially is what if Michael Jordan hadn't fucked with Danny Ainge's head throughout his entire career because – Michael Jordan was the only player other than Paxson to score in that fourth quarter. Like Paxson's three pointer was the only other bull to score. So and he you is know Ainge is focused on. Yeah, yeah, you know Ainge was just focused on MJ locked in because he's seen that so many times before. Brutal. Mm. Okay, I have a question. That was that was the after that season when Jordan retired, right? Yes. Yes. And the first time, if, if I'm reading this correctly, it says his quote was, "The desire is just not there anymore. I've mm-hmm. reached the pinnacle of my career." I just feel I don't have anything else to prove. Mm-hmm. If the Suns had won that series, do you think Jordan retires? That's another. Well, his dad had passed away after right, that, which is a so huge that was a factor. huge factor. Um, I still have the front page of the newspaper that says uh, "Gasp, no more air" from the Arizona Republic when when Michael Jordan retired because mm-hmm. um, he threw out the first pitch at the at a White Sox um, World Series game, 
uh, or a uh, spring training AL, AL championship game against the Toronto Blue Jays. I don't know why I remember that fact. <laughs> um, and uh, I just remember like just being devastated that that happened. And so when he retired, it was like, I think it was more psychological than it was like, I have something left to prove. Um, and I think he wanted to honor his dad that way and do something that they both had talked about. Cause he says that they had talked about that several times before he passed away. So um, I don't think that would have changed anything. I, he was uh, watching the last dance. I remember them talking about how exhausted he and the rest of the bulls mm -hmm. were just by that whole quest for a three P not even just getting to that, getting to that point, but like just that whole season was a grind. So I think he might've still retired, but I do think, losing in the finals maybe that might have triggered something but it's you know it's, it's impossible to say it's also the mark of like a great player right like if you hear eddie johnson talk about like some of his michael jordan stories like michael jordan literally needed to find other things to kind of keep himself like entertained mm -hmm. to get through the slog of the season <laughs> yeah like playing golf and gambling with his buddies and, and he would set up other players like on some all-night drinking binges and then they'd destroy them the next day for 45 <laughs> like he was just one of a kind dude. Mm -hmm. but that makes me wonder would that competitiveness have kicked into Lindsay's point oh, i've lost a finals here and it does do that I go do, out yeah. on an l or do i stick around and try only and if on barkley talks shit only if, and barkley, if barkley you know he would have <laughs> he probably would have yeah uh, you, you know, well and how does that Take change that shit off the windows <laughs> how about that though too <laughs> needed tonight how does that change charles barkley's legacy too because he's remembered as the guy that didn't win a ring mm -hmm. and that's the running joke with him you know he gets a ring does that does that change some of the perspective on on where he ranks does it I think totally. it bumps him up a few spots for, for sure. sure. I think people respect him a little bit more. Um, you know, like like that's one of the tired jokes on like NBA on TNT is Shaq always talking about rings. And I'm like, yep. fucking Charles never had somebody like Kobe on his team. Mm -mm. He just no. didn't. Didn't have and a he, D Wade. And, and by the time he even got to a, a, another team of like all stars, they were already past their prime and they're like the Lakers right now. Like yeah. it, it wasn't the same thing. So I don't buy, I don't. For Charles specifically, I don't buy into that BS hype because Charles Barkley did everything a single player could have done to try and win a championship. He just happened to do it at the worst possible time with the best basketball player to ever touch a court playing at the same time. Well, yeah. what if we wrap this up right now? How perfect. Does that sound perfect. Right? Mm -hmm. Another edition in the books. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Bourget. You can follow Lindsay at Lindsay Smith. AZ, we should get her to change it to Lindsay Smith Emmy Award winner. <laughs> that's a little <laughs> long, much, but it, I'm not typing all that in on that's, Twitter. That so. That's so quite movie. the flex, though. Like, uh. oh my god, is it a flex or is it like a pick me attitude? Or is, I feel like it's that. Either one. We're, you follow Saul. Esco is very passive aggressive about this, isn't he? <laughs> what? Oh, Emmy Award winning Lindsay Smith. <laughs> I'm, I'm honored to be able to work with an Emmy Award winner. All right. It's true. Hey, well, it's that's true. what so you know. Is. I got two of them. Two, oh, two, two time. Two time. <laughs> She's getting called two time. Two time. Two time. Two time. Can that be a nickname? Yeah, oh, there it sure. is. Just kidding. Please don't give me that nickname. Oh, it's happening. Two, two, two times. You put it out there in the universe. Time. It's happening now. <laughs> Two times Smith, and you got Saul Bookman <laughs> at Saul underscore Bookman. The underscore is there to because fit Lindsay's two Emmys. Yep. <laughs> you can follow me at Espo. You can follow the show at PHNX underscore Sons. 
hit that uh, locker up at gophnx.com. Get some of that sweet, sweet merch. And we will talk to you next time here on PHNX Suns.